Hello, and welcome to Hopeful World, the social project podcast. I'm Charlie Wright, founder of Hopeful Traders, the clothing brand that collaborates with the homeless community. In this series, we will be shining a light on individuals and organisations taking the issues that affect our society into their own hands. At Hopeful Traders, we aim to do more than just give. We want to build and connect communities where individuals are provided with opportunities to support themselves as well as the people around them. With this in mind, we set out to speak to the people already making this idea a reality. In this episode, we are hearing from Meg Doherty of Fat Macy's, a culinary response to the lack of opportunities offered to young people from unstable backgrounds. Through her job in a youth hostel in North London, Meg discovered a passion and talent in the tenants that could lead them to a better life. That passion is food. My name is Meg Doherty. I am co-founder of Fat Macy's. Fat Macy's is a project that uh, runs catering training in temporary accommodation homeless hostels in London. And we train up a group of residents which, who we then take to supper club events um, where we host a series of 10 events which gives the residents the opportunity to showcase their culinary skills but it also gives them the opportunity to um, raise money for a deposit so we can pay residents the equivalent of £10 per hour which we keep in a secure deposit fund so by working at the events they're building up money to move out of temporary accommodation and into a more permanent home. I was on placement at the North London YMCA as part of a course I was doing um, and it was quite an interesting experience because I turned up, I had no background of working in homelessness before um, and I really didn't know what to expect and the first few weeks were quite slow, I didn't really feel like anything was happening, um, I didn't really understand how the building worked um, or what residents wanted or, or how the whole process sort of came together. And I just did a lot of shadowing and I went to a Caribbean cooking class that one of the other staff members held in, in the kitchen upstairs. And it was one of those moments where you just, there was so much life in that room and having seen sort of the rest of the building and, and nothing really happening and then coming into this room where there's sort of music blaring and everyone was dancing around and cooking and um, great smells coming out the kitchen. And I think it was just seeing that, that life and that joy that they all took out of cooking especially when you don't have, they don't have the option to cook very often. So almost once that's taken away from you, it becomes a joy as opposed to like a chore. You, have, you don't have to cook every day. So when you do get to cook, it's, it's something really special. And the area the hostel is in, it's full of restaurants and cafes and people spending loads of money on food. And I just thought there had to be a way of combining the fact that these people cook great food um, they love it, it's their passion, they all bring their sort of granny's recipes to the kitchen and things like that. And then, and then that real lack of financial, um, financial stability, that real lack of income. And I just thought if there was a way of combining those two elements, we could be on something quite, quite exciting. So that's where Fat Macy's came from. It was quite a slow process um, originally, um, but we got the residents involved sort of at every stage. So one of the residents actually named Fat Macy's, um, Macy being an anagram of YMCA, which is the building we're in. And they helped design the logo, they helped design the menus, um, they've done some of the sort of financial spreadsheets and the, the social media accounts and things like that. So. We try and give them as much ownership over the project as, as they'd like and I think that's really helped us to, to have them on board um, and it makes them feel that they're really part of it. Um, a big thing is of what we wanted to do was do something with the residents as opposed to do something to them. So quite a lot of the time they get told that they have to go here, they have to go to the job centre, they have to go to this appointment, they have to attend this session and it didn't tend to align with where their interests lay. So that's 
what we were we were very focused on ensuring what we did was what they wanted and things that they enjoyed doing. And I think that's where it's all sort of come together quite nicely. At the beginning, because it was just me with an idea and I was sort of like writing it down on a bit of paper and trying to explain it, um, that was the hardest point because I was really asking the people I wanted to work with to take a huge leap of faith because sort of they didn't know what subclubs were. I didn't really know what supper clubs were, to be honest. Um, and I just had an idea and I thought that it could really work, but I had no proof to say that it would. I had no evidence to suggest people would want to come. Um, so that was that was quite a struggle because I had to sort of paint this picture and then sort of like pull them into my, my vision. But after the sort of first sort of four or five events and people um, could see, see what they were, they could understand them a bit better, they were interacting with the guests they just really loved the events and I think that's what made me think, right, this can work because people kept coming, the residents really enjoyed it and that's a part of my job at the moment at the YMCA is, is engagement and it's quite interesting seeing the difference between trying to engage people to come to a session in the hostel and then the opposite is sort of happening with Fat Macy's where people are coming to me and saying, can I be involved in the project? And for me that really proves that it's something they want to do because um, I'm not sort of twisting their arm into, into doing the project. They're coming to me and saying it's something that they're interested in. So that's been really successful. The biggest challenge for us tends to be working with people that live in a really sort of volatile place. So hostels are not an easy place to live. Things happen all the time, people get evicted all the time. Um, there's a lot of personalities in the building, there's a lot of ages, there's a huge age range in a lot of hostels. Um, and that is quite hard because you sort of come in one day to a training session and something's happened that day and everyone's sort of on really high alert and um, that's quite hard to cut through. Um, so that's often quite a big challenge. Another challenge for us personally as a, as a social enterprise is sort of how we discuss what the work we do. Um, if we use the term homeless, none of the residents we work with want to attend. They don't want their pictures taken, they don't want their names written anywhere, because they don't identify as homeless in the... I suppose the image of homelessness is that man on the street under a bridge with a sign. And for them, some of them have been that person and now they're not, so now they have a room, they have a roof over their head, some of them are working and they are very distanced from that. And there's a lot of pride involved, I think, in, in how people see themselves and see their, see their position in the world. So for us, it's, there's quite a lot of, you know, playing around with language and words to, to put across what we do without um, getting anyone's backs up. Um, and the press love to just, you know, a huge headline with Homeless in is going to be great for the press. It's terrible for us, so that's never easy. <laughs> I think for me that the biggest success story was the first event because it really solidified everything and it made it a thing. So as I was saying before that, it was just me with this sort of idea, trying to convince people that it was going to be good. But I, again, I had no, no evidence to suggest that it would be. So, so the first event was mainly friends and family, people that if it had been a massive disaster, we could have bought loads of pizza and they would have been fine and wouldn't have complained. But there was something about seeing them seeing the reactions as we went through the night so that we only had three guys working on that event and just watching their confidence grow through the event, their sort of sense of professionalism, their attention to detail, the smiles just got bigger and bigger as they went through the event and started realising that they'd done it and it had worked and they'd nailed it and everyone was loving it. Um, 
one of them did a speech where he talked about the program and um, his hopes for it and and what he wanted to achieve out of doing it. And it just, yeah, it just was one of those moments where you think, okay, actually, no, this this can be a thing. This is going to work. When you think of the alternative, it's it's so tough to get a deposit when you're living in hostel accommodation. You can't you can't work enough um, to save for a deposit, and you just get trapped. So, what should be temporary accommodation becomes quite permanent. People have been here four, five, six years. So, obviously, that's the rare the rare situation, but it does happen. And and just thinking that this this can be a springboard that just sort of shoots people off in a totally different direction and makes gives them a whole other pathway. Um, and a pathway that's not, it's not charitable, it's not, you know, it's not a grant. They're, they're working hard to get the money to, to get out. And um, so it's them individually making that step, which I think that makes quite a big difference. We've been trying to get a lot more sort of press coverage, but generally from people who have attended, they've really loved the food. I think there's a tendency to, to look at an event that's food and charity or charitable and think oh it's more about the social side than it is about the food and actually the food's going to be a bit crap but actually the food is great um, and I think people are really pleasantly surprised that it is it is it's good value it's a lovely meal it's a sort of a communal field there's a really nice atmosphere when we host the events they interact with the guys we work with really nicely. There's no sort of sense of like separation or people serving you. There's a real, a really lovely feeling about the events. And yeah, I think that's, that's, been, that's been really good for us. I think having the interaction between the guys we work with and the, the general public who've come along, that's been something really special to watch because I think, you know, most people don't stop and chat to the homeless person on the street. I mean, there's so many now in London, you probably would never get anywhere if you tried. But I think it, it, it sort of, we're slightly changing the image of homelessness, maybe, or the stigma surrounding the sort of that term and who that person is. Um, and I think people are often surprised by who the people we work with don't necessarily look like people who you'd expect to be homeless. A lot of them are really well educated, a lot of them are studying for A-levels, a lot of them, um, you know, have, have done really amazing things and that gets ignored, I think, a lot in in the in the common sort of stereotypical view of homelessness. So, um, so yeah, that's been really nice to see. What's been quite nice is people have just been flinging all these ideas at us, thinking, "Oh, can you do catering? Can you do a wedding? Can you do this?" And so we're doing a lot of responding to requests. I think we'd quite like to open a cafe or a restaurant or something like that, something more permanent, because that gives us a much um, in terms of our social social outcomes, we've got many more opportunities then to, to to train people up and get them through our program. Whereas at the moment we're limited to the amount of events we do. But yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of route you can go down, especially with the way the food industry is going at the moment. Um, street food, they do really good sort of jerk chicken. We've done a couple of like Caribbean street foodie sort of events. Um, so yeah, it's just figuring out what works and what they enjoy and what's out there and what's not happening and trying to, to fill that gap. Because there's a lot of like training projects for homeless people. There's a lot of cafes that employ homeless people, but very few sort of bring the two together in terms of this deposit and the training. And for us, that's, that's the most important thing. That's what people keep saying they need and that's what people can't get. So 
that's our sort of our angle on it. So we are starting our Christmas series on the 30th of November. We'll be doing 11 events in the Printwork Kitchen, which is um, near Exmouth Market in sort of Clerkenwell, Farringdon Way. Um, it's a really lovely venue. We can seat 35 people um, every night. So we're looking for office parties, anyone who wants to come and have a big party with their friends um, for Christmas. Um, we've got a sort of a Christmas-inspired menu. It's not too traditional, but it looks really tasty. And yeah, if anyone wants to volunteer at events, if anyone's got any any venues, any contacts, anything like that, we're looking for everything at the moment. So yeah, give us a shout. Thank you, Meg, for speaking to Hopeful World. If you're looking for a unique culinary event or just interested in the brilliant work these guys do, their website again is fatmacy's.org. Music this week was from Harry Morton and The Dean Road. Hopeful World is produced by Lower Street. <laughs>